It's great to see you. Thank you so much for allowing me last week to, to step out and be away. Um, last week, I had the chance and privilege to go back to uh, my hometown, uh, Dumas, uh, north of Amarillo, and so the Texas Panhandle, and got to visit and spend some time with family. And I, I appreciate the prayers. Many of you have been giving prayers and, and uh, re- just remembering my family and kind of what we're going through over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks. And so I want to say thank you. And again, just thank you for the love and the support that you've been showing me. Jesus loves me. Isn't that an amazing thought? It's an amazing thought that Jesus would love us, that Jesus would care for us. I, uh, I find myself amazed by just the fact that my kids love me. That's, isn't that amazing too? You kind of you think about it just for a moment. You're like, wow, uh, that's kind of a yes. Every once in a while, if they just even love you. This morning we're waking up and I'm waking up the kids and my, um, my son, he, he woke up and you know he's got enough sleep when he's ready to wrestle. You wake up and it's just time to wrestle. So you have to wrestle around and you have to tear the bed up even more just to make sure that, hey, we're awake, we're good, and he tackles you and it's the first one who gets pushed off the bed wins or loses. I mean, so you're pushing each other off the bed. So anyway, you're, you're, it's just the way we wake up. And so you, you sit there and then you laugh and you play and it's just amazing how much you just sit there and you're just, wow, I'm excited and I'm glad to be a dad. And then you go to the girls' rooms. I have three girls, and so you're waking them up. And, you know, and, and the, my oldest, you got to be a little bit softer. you got to be a little bit more kind because she's now a young lady. And so now you got to really you gotta work through that a little bit. But, man, you just wake them up, and it's so – and you sit there, and they talk to you. And you just kind of get amazed by just that they want to share what's going on in their life. It is great to be a parent. And it is amazing just the fact to be able to love I find myself amazed at my love for my kids. I, I didn't know I could love that much. I didn't know I could hurt that much. I didn't know that I could get that excited at a ball game or that frustrated at a ball game or that mad at the coach or whatever you want to say or the other team. Man, the emotions of being a parent and the love, and you're just amazed by it. And then you come to this moment in this place where we saw the songs resonate, and it says that I'm amazed by how God loves us. And to think that God loves me, God loves my kids more than I could love them. Blows your mind, doesn't it? It's, it's hard to fathom because I can't really fathom loving my kids more and I can't fathom anybody loving my kids more. But yet God loves them more than I could and my God loves me more than I could ever imagine. I'm amazed by his love. What an incredible thought. Today we're talking about parenting. We have two more weeks that we're talking about parenting. We've been talking about the heart of parenting is what we've called it. And the reason we went after the heart and the reason we wanted to talk about it is because the heart is the central element. Proverbs tells us that out of the heart flows all issues or it's the wellspring of life. Everything comes from the heart. Jesus in the New Testament, as he moves into the New Testament, Jesus says this, that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth overflows, it speaks. So here we are, we're saying we're gonna go after our kids' hearts. How do we go after, our, after their hearts? We talked about setting the direction of their hearts and today we need to talk about who is responsible. 
Have you ever thought about the responsibility of a parent? What are you actually responsible for? Did you know that there's actually a responsibility placed on the child as well? If you're a child today, did you know that you have responsibility given to you by God to actually be the child he's designed you to be? So the question becomes today, what is my responsibility and where does the line stop? Because now my kids also have to be responsible for themselves as well. So what we want to do today is we want to talk about responsibility. And if you have your Bibles, I want to ask that you turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going. A few months ago, we talked through um, marriage, and we called it the series The Foundations of Marriage. And the reason we used the foundations of marriage is we used Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 at the end of those, those verses to walk us through the foundations of how marriage should work, how marriage should work together, what is the husband's role, the, the wife's role. And if you miss those, I would encourage you, go online. We have the podcast there, and you can check them out. And it lays a great foundation for you and how you and your, your wife, your spouse, should be interacting together. Paul continues, and as he continues, he goes into Ephesians chapter 6, and he begins to lay out the responsibility of a child, and then he lays out the responsibility of a parent. And what I want to do is I want us to lay the foundation to understand what is your role, who's responsible for what, and what does God see your responsibility to be. All right, Ephesians chapter six. If you don't have a Bible, want to draw your attention, we're gonna be putting the verses up on screen. If you uh, would like a Bible and you don't have a Bible on the back of uh, one of the chairs on your roll, there's gonna be a Bible in front of you. You're welcome to take that. That's our gift to you. Um, and we just wanna help you out and make sure we get you set up the way you need to be set up so you have the resources to hear what God has for you. All right, Ephesians chapter six. If you would stand for the reading of God's word. Ephesians six. And here's what the word of God says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for your blessings. God, I am so amazed at how you love us. We wanna say thank you. We wanna say thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Jesus, thank you for rising again to offer us a new life. Today, as we come into your presence. I pray that the words that we have sung, God, I pray that they have resonated with you and they have been a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And that, Father, as we move into this time where we, we open your, your word, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have freedom in this place to move and to work. God, to, to speak into our lives where we need to hear from you today. I don't know where people are coming from or what's going on in their lives, but God, I know they need to hear from you. So God, we're asking for the freedom that you would move and speak. And then God, I'm asking that you would give us the courage to apply what we hear to our lives this week so that we walk out of here a different people that brings honor and glory to you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. These verses... um, 
You probably know these verses. If you spent any time in church, you know these verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's, it's been said over and over again, hasn't it? It's almost that whip, if you will, that has been given and used over and over again. You probably even memorized it without even having to memorize it because parents have said it so often, especially if you've been around church. So here's what I want to do. I want to make sure we understand what this passage is talking about. It gives us the responsibility of a child. And children have a responsibility. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Does it say that your parents are always right? Does it say, obey your parents, for they're always right? It just says, this is what's right. Children, obey. So here's, here's, here's the one sentence so that you can catch it, so that you can remember it, so that you understand what the child is responsible for. You ready? Children are responsible for learning through honor. Learning through honor. If you're going to obey, you have to learn. If you're going to do, you have to learn. Learning through honor. So let's just take a few moments and make sure we understand what learning really means. I'm gonna put an equation up here on the board. And the reason I wanna do the equation is so that you can maybe catch it and so you can understand what's going on, all right? In order for there to be learning, you have to have two things. You have to have listening and you have to have action. Does that make sense? Listening plus action equals learning. Here's why we do this in the education system. The reason you have so many different questions on a test is because they want to make sure that you not only listened, but you know how to act out what you have learned. So you have true false questions, you have multiple answer questions, you have fill in the blank questions, you have essay questions. You have to demonstrate that not only did you hear and listen, but now you can apply and act out the information and then that way you know that learning has occurred. Are you following? Okay, shake your head. You gotta be tracking with me or we have to start all over again. You tracking with me? Okay, we're tracking. Okay, so listening plus action equals learning. So in order for us to really learn something, we have to not only listen, we have to act. And the reason I keep repeating is because I want you to understand that it takes listening plus action equals learning. Yeah. All right, so you have to have all two in order for learning to occur. One of the biggest problems that we have even in church world is this, is that you can come to a church and you can sit and you can listen to a Sunday school lesson or you can listen to a message, whether it's good or bad, and you listen, but there's never this action in which we go out and do, so learning has never fully taken place. So you could be in church for 10, 15, 20 years, and yet maybe your lifestyle has never changed because you've just listened and you haven't acted. Are you following? Okay, so here's what we need to do. In order for children to obey the Lord or obey their parents, they need to understand the responsibility of the child is to listen, to act, so that learning has occurred. And the reality is this, your kids should not obey just because you're the parents. Watch, children obey your parents, why or how? In the Lord. Their God-given responsibility is that your kids my kids are to obey because their faith depends on it. Because it's actually a part of their faith 
walk, their faith journey. The steps in which God uses to grow their faith depends on them learning to obey even when they disagree with mom and dad in the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever tied obedience and learning to their faith walk? But it is. It's at the core of who God has created kids to be, that they are to obey in the Lord under his power, and it is depend, their faith is dependent on it. Now, watch this. Here's what we're gonna do. I want to start taking out one part of the equation or the other. If we listen, but there's no action, did learning occur? Have you ever given one of those really great lectures to your kids? I mean, one of those where you just waxed eloquently. You're like, man, I am Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream, and you're just going in. I mean, you know your kid's gonna remember this dream, and this is a statement. They're going, man, this is awesome. And you're almost patting yourself on the back in the middle of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? You're just, wow, this is good. And your kids are sitting there, and they look like they're listening. They even nod their head. And then you ask a great question. What did I just say? You ever said that? Because you know, you know they're going to repeat it, and they can repeat it, and they, you're going, yes, they can repeat it. They, what did I say? Don't hit my sister. Perfect. You're like, yes, and you gave all the reasons for don't hit your sister, and it was, it was a brilliant speech. They listened, but then they walk away, and in 30 minutes, what are they doing? Hitting their sister. Did learning occur? Listening, but no action, no learning. Okay, so action has to be a part. If we have not moved them into action, then learning has not occurred. What we really have done is this. We've moved them into either laziness or into a fool. Proverbs calls a person a fool when you listen and you know what's right and you can even say what's right, but you choose not to do it, you're considered a fool in the book of Proverbs. So when your child listens, they can even repeat, but yet they do not act. You have either one of two options according to Proverbs. Either they are lazy or they are a fool. And it's your responsibility, parents, to help them understand that God has not called them to be either lazy or a fool. Ready? Let's take out the next one. What if there's no listening, but there's lots of action? You have one of these kids where it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. And they, they speak before they ever think. They jump off the house without even thinking about the consequences they, 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 they do without thinking. They're all about the action, but yet they're not willing to listen. So instead of listening and learning, they live and learn. And if you choose to live and learn instead of listen and learn, you're doomed to repeat the mistakes and the consequences of others around, and you're doomed to repeat the mistakes over and over again of people who have gone before you. You are called to listen Act and learn. If you remove acting, what you have is this. Proverbs calls it a person who lacks understanding. If you're just acting and never listening, you lack 
understanding. And as parents, our job is to call our kids to obedience. And obedience is not just because I said so, but it's to listen, to act, to learn, so that their faith may grow in the Lord. Okay, now we've just talked about learning. So remember our sentence, children are responsible for what? Learning through honor. Learning through honor. So here's what we wanna do. Now we have to look at the next part of the verse. Go back to Ephesians chapter six. Here's what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it says, honor your father and mother. Now here's what we need to do. We are in a culture in which we do not use the word honor very well. We do not use it very often. I read books of um, the greatest generation or just a few generations ago in which they talk a lot about honor. You watch movies of, of like King Arthur, you know, and you start thinking, wow, they talk a lot about honor. We don't use the word honor very much. And so in our culture, it's, it's kind of, what does it really mean? And the, the meaning and understanding gets lost. So let me give you some definitions. And in order to help us understand what honor is, I need to compare it to respect. Okay, so let me give you honor and let me give you respect and let's define it so we understand what's going on here in this text. Honor is an obligation by promise. You are to give dignity to, to give value to, to exalt because of a position, to treat as worthy, trusted to act in a certain way. Respect. Respect is esteem, admire, reverence, appreciation, worthy of repeating, emulating, or duplicating, willing to follow, having a high opinion of, or thoughtfulness. So let me help you understand the difference. Honor is given based on position. Honor is given based on position. Respect is earned by performance. Respect is earned by performance. Now watch, children, you are to honor and you are commanded to honor based on performance? No, you can have the worst parents in history and you are still called to do what? Honor. It is not based on performance at all. It's only based on their position because you are a child and they are your parents, it is your job to honor your parents. It's a command. Honor is a choice and it's also a blessing. Did you see what it says? Honor your parents. And it says that this is the first commandment with a what? A promise. Out of the 10 commandments that were given to us, are given to the Israel, uh, Moses on, on, on the mountain. There's only one of those commandments that actually has a promise with it. And this promise is this. If you honor your parents, there's gonna be good things that are gonna come out of it. It's a surprise benefit. My kids love to open the cereals and find the surprise in it. You ever have those surprises in the cereal where you just open it up and you have to almost buy the cereal just because of the toy in the cereal? But it's a surprise as well. Yes, we got it. Here's the surprise. If you honor, it's gonna go well with you. Do you see the promise? 
It's gonna go well with you. God's gonna bless you and he's gonna extend your life. That is an amazing thought. To honor. So here's how it plays out. When does honor stop? If you are a child, when does honor stop? Does it stop when you reach the age of 10? Double digits. Does it reach the age when you're 16 and you can drive and you have freedom? Does honor stop at 16? Does honor stop at 18? Does honor stop when you're 21? When does honor stop? As long as your parents are alive, you're to honor. And even after they're gone, it's still a way in which you bless and God blesses you when you honor. So even on Mother's Day or Father's Day, bringing honor to them. As a child, it's your responsibility not only to learn, but to honor. Well, Heath, I mean, come on, really? You're saying even when you're out of the house, you're still to honor? Absolutely. You know, really, my tomorrow's, I'm, I'm, I turned 36. Oh, yeah. Big 36. So tomorrow, this last weekend, I went up to the Texas Panhandle. And do you know that there's still certain things that I do and certain things that I don't do just because of who my dad is? It's not because I'm not a man that I can't make my own decisions, but it's because I honor him and I want to show him that he has value to me. And it has nothing to do whether he's a good parent or a bad parent, it's honor. Now here's what happens, parents watch. If I'm loving my kids well and I'm teaching them well and I'm teaching them what it means to actually follow after God and go after God, I hope and I pray that there's gonna become a, a point and a moment in which my kids, not only do they honor, but then they get and they start saying, you see my dad, you see my mom? Oh man, they're all, I, I want to be like them. And then I've moved to respect. But it's something that I've earned and it's something that I have done over a consistent period of time. It's not something that's just gonna be given to me and I can't demand it. Does that make sense? Okay, here we go. So we spent some time on children. Now, parents, are you ready? Here we go. The child's responsibility is to learn through honor. Parents, your responsibility is this. Parents, your responsibility is to teach through a relationship. Teach through a relationship. Ephesians chapter six, look at what it says in verse four. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. The relationship side. There is a relationship side to parenting in which you as a dad have a relationship with your son, that you as a dad have a relationship with your daughter, where you as a mom have a relationship with your son, where you as a mom have a relationship with your daughter. There is a relationship side to parenting. Now watch. And he says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Part of your job, part of my job as a parent is to teach and to teach well. Did you know that the spirituality and the, the, the teaching your kid or your child, the spiritual functions of the faith is not designed for the church. The church is not responsible for your child's faith. To bring your child as a student in high school ministry or middle school ministry, it is not Ryan's job to teach your kids the faith. It's your job. 
Now, it's our job as a church to come alongside you and help give you tools or equip you, but it's not our job to raise your kids in the faith. It's your job. It's your job to teach. Did you also know it's not the school's responsibility? It's not the school's responsibility to educate your kids. It's yours. Now, the schools can give you help, and they can teach algebra because we've probably forgotten it. But it's their job to actually give you tools and resources. But parents, it's your job to come alongside your kids and make sure their homework is done, to make sure that they're learning to grow. And it's your job. The teaching is your job. Now, let me lay out Ephesians, I mean, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter six. It's a passage that I, I love. And in just a few verses, Solomon is the, the speaker. He's the writer. He's considered to be the wisest man who ever lived because God gave him wisdom. And what he's doing in Proverbs is he's writing, he's writing words to his kids to say, this is how you become and this is how you are a wise person, to be the prince that God's called you to be, to be the princess that God has called you to be. This is how it is. And so he gives truth and wisdom. And here's what he says in Proverbs chapter six. I'm gonna just read this. There's a few verses, Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. It gives us a vision of how we're to teach and why we are to teach, okay? It's a, it's a vision. I want you to catch it because this is what you're called to do. It says, my son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teaching. I'm teaching you and I'm teaching you well and I'm wanting to show you things. Your mother, she's teaching you well and she's showing you things about God and how this world functions. Keep them, keep them close to your heart. And here's what he says. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. I want you to memorize it. I want you to understand it. I want you to live with it. I want you to be able to repeat what I'm teaching you. I want you to act on what I'm teaching you. This is what it's gonna look like. And then what he says is this. This is where it gets interesting. He says, when you walk, so as you go throughout the day, they will lead you. Do you realize there's coming a point, if you have small kids who are in preschool, there's coming a point in time in which your kids are not gonna be around you very often. And when you get into the elementary years, then now the, the time begins to expand and there's more and more time that they're gone away from home, away from you. And your goal is this, as you teach your kids, you're planting and you're planting the seeds so that when they're away from you and they're walking and going throughout their day, they remember what you've taught them and it stays with them and it keeps guiding them along the way. Have you ever thought about teaching your kids so that when they're away from you, they still act the way you want them to act? Now, I know we do when we go right, to, when we take them and drop them off at a party, right? We like threaten them with the inch of our life. You better be on your best behavior, right? We do that. But what if it went beyond that and on all the time, and here's what he says, look. He continues, he says, so when you walk, they will lead them. And when you lie down, they will watch over you. I love this one. When you get in the habit of consistently making right choices, when you go to sleep at night, you can sleep with a clear conscience and you have the consequences of right choices following you even through the night and into the next morning. And when I've taught you well, if you listen and you follow this, it's gonna, you're gonna wake up and you're gonna still have good consequences following you. Son, daughter, listen, I'm teaching you so that you make right choices. But if you choose to make wrong choices during the day, when you go to bed at night, there's gonna be guilt. You're gonna have restless nights. And the negative consequences from the day before will continue to follow you when you wake up. 
hang on to what I'm teaching you because this is important. It's gonna follow you through the night. And then he says, look what he continues. He says, they will watch over you when you're awake. They'll watch over you, they'll protect you. I'm teaching you well. So when I'm not around, when dad's not around, when mom's not around, I'm teaching you so well so that when you are away from you, it's gonna guide you and protect you and it's gonna be this protection that follows you and it's like a force shield. (laughs) A force shield around your kids during the day because now they know what to do and how to do it. It would be so nice if the word of God would be black and white on every issue and every choice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice if, okay, every morning you're supposed to eat orange juice and have your oatmeal. Well, at least we'd know what we're supposed to do. But what you're going after and what you're teaching your kids is this. How do you make right choices and how do you make right decisions even when you have to think and it's not clearly written in the word of God? And it's gonna guide you. And here's what he says. It's gonna watch over you when you wake and they will talk with you. This is a good verse. And they're gonna talk to you. I want my kids that when they're away from dad, that I have so put words of scripture into their minds, that they've memorized so many words of scripture, that the Bible is in them, so that when they are away from me, the Holy Spirit is using the word of God to speak to them and to talk to them and guide them and direct them. And I hope they hear dad's voice in their ears. And I hope they hear the Holy Spirit speaking to them because I've poured into their lives so well that it speaks to them even when they're away. And then he finishes off this passage and he says, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light and the reproofs of discipline are just the way of life. They're blessed because I've taught them well. That's a great vision, isn't it? You're teaching them how to walk towards God and what that looks like. Now, here's what we're gonna do. In order to provide this and and build the framework, go back to Ephesians 6. You talked about the relationship. Don't provoke, don't make them angry. It's your job to be involved in the relationship. Dads, let me help you out. It's interesting that Paul addresses the dads here. He doesn't point to the moms. He actually says, dads, this is important. Why? Because probably there's a good chance that many of the dads are more task-oriented than relationship-oriented, and that you go after the task, and, and it's easy to kind of be cutting with your words. And you, you like to joke, or maybe you like to harass, or maybe you like to pick at your kids. Let me just help dads listen. That picking and that pushing and trying to just aggravate your kids, it can be that thousand pound gorilla that carries on through the rest of their life and they don't know how to get away from it. Be careful of your words. Your words matter. So when you're joking and you're cutting and you think it's just a joke, Your kid, your child is hanging on to those words and it's molding and shaping and it's creating either good or it's creating bad. The relationship side. So here's our our equation, if you will. Rules plus a relationship equal responsible parenting. Rules plus a a relationship equals responsible parenting. And your job is this, and my job is this, to combine both rules and the relationship. You see it in Ephesians 6. You see the relationship side, then the next part of the verse. It has this, these rules side, the teaching, what I'm teaching. You need both in order to be responsible parents. 
Now, here's where it gets hard because you and I, and even if you look at you and your spouse, there can be tension between how you parent. One will lean more towards rules. One may lean more towards a relationship. And so here's what we have to do. We have to bring both in in order for us to see that our kids move forward. Now, if I take away, if I take away relationship and I just have rules in my house, rules without a relationship equals what? Rebellion. You see that? There could be, and I need to speak... There could be some in this room who have grown up in church or maybe who grew up in a, in a system in which it was all about the rules. And it was all about the rules and this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And it was rule, 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 rule. And what you have done is now in this point, you have rebelled and said, I'm going away from it. There's no way I'm bringing that into my life and I've run from it. And there are many who have run from the faith just because it's rules, rules, rules. Rules without a relationship equals Rebellion. Now here's the swing. Now you're a parent and the temptation is this. I don't want any rules on my kids. I can't bring rules in. And so now you have no rules and it's all about being a relationship. I need to be my kid's best friend. I can't tell my kids what to do. They're their own person. I want them to do their own thing. They need to make their own choices. There's their own consequences. So you have no rules and you have all relationship. Here's where you end up going. You ready? Resentment. The kids, as they begin to get older, they begin to push boundary after boundary and they can't stand you. They don't respect you. They don't like you anymore. And they're tired of even being around you. And you're going, but wait, it's all about relationship. I love you. And you can't figure out why they don't want to be around you. It's because you set no boundaries. I know this is tough. So here's what we have. There's a book out right now. It's called Kid CEO. And it's all about this flip in the parenting and in the families in which kids tell their parents what they're going to do and kids tell their parents what they're not going to do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's not even a chance in Hades that I was going to tell my dad what to do at 16. Are you kidding me? No way is that going to happen. And, and here we are at this point where we all about the relationship. Well, I, you know, we just can't take our kids to church because they don't want to come to church. I just want them to make their own decisions. What in the world are you doing? You're screwing your kids up. They're gonna resent you and you miss the boundaries. And you're going, wait, wait, Heath, come on. This is not part of scripture. It's all there, Ephesians 6. The relationship side, and then you move down to the bottom part of it. And the next part of it says what? To teach and discipline, it's there. Okay, well, Heath, let's, let's talk a little bit about you know, how God is. Great, I'm glad you brought him up because he's a good person to talk about. In the garden, in the garden, God creates this perfect world, Right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's, there's animals. It's beautiful. It's just, it's just awesome. And in the middle, he puts this tree. And in this, on this tree, he says to Adam and Eve, what? Here's my rule. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. This is bad. Don't do it. One rule. Wouldn't you like to have one rule? That would be a great, man, there's no rules but one rule. Here's the rule. Don't eat. All right, I won't touch it. We're not going, stay away. But here's what they do. He gives the rule 
And then what does God do in the cool of the breeze in the evening? Help me, what's he do? He comes down and he walks in the cool of the breeze with who? Adam and Eve. He walks, they talk, they interact. Rule, relationship. Adam and Eve begin to think that they're wiser than God. They think they don't need to listen. They think God's holding out on them. And they think the rule is there to hurt them. Isn't this the way in which we function? We don't like God's rules. We don't want parents telling us rules. We don't even like a preacher telling us that we're not parenting well. We don't like rules. We're our own person. So here we are. Adam and Eve, they don't like the rules God's holding out on them. God, why would you do this to us? We know better than God. We can break the rule, so they break the rule. They take the fruit, they eat it. God comes in, and when the rule was broken, did God just stay with relationship? Did he? Were there consequences? There are consequences. The boundaries set. Negative consequences began to rock and shake the world. There's an angel put at the edge of the garden so they can never come back. There were consequences, negative consequences. The rules had been broken. God's justice had been violated. Let me ask you, was God just dealing with relationship? No. There were rules. There were consequences. And then here's the amazing thing. The amazing moment is this, that in the negative consequences, in our fallen state, when we didn't like God, when we hate God, when we reject God and we remove him out of our lives and say, God, we don't need you, that God so loved the world, isn't that amazing? And he says, I'm gonna send my son and Jesus comes to the cross and on the cross, sin, the rules that were broken, were taken care of, wiped clean. This debt was paid on the cross. And after the cross, here's what's given to us. When the sin and the consequences have been dealt with, then relationship has now been offered and extended to us to now be connected with God once again through his grace and through his gift. Isn't that amazing? And here God is now saying, I now extend. The rules, it has to be taken care of. The relationship, I want back. And so now he brings us back in. He says, let's take care of it at the cross. You're forgiven. I give you grace. And now you're entered into a relationship with him once again. Can you still sin? Sure. You ask for forgiveness and he's rest- he restores you. And you're now back in. Parents, it's your job. You're responsible for the teaching and you're also responsible for the relationship side. You have to bring the two together. And if you lean one way or the other, you begin to cause friction and division and tension and you begin to harm not only your kids, but you harm what you're really ultimately wanting. And what you're wanting is kids who go after God. Kids, you're responsible You're responsible for learning through honor. Parents, you're responsible for teaching, teaching with, with relationship. 